Hi, I'm Tiffany Roten, and this is Happy Young Adults, Episode 5, Becoming Self-Confident. Welcome to Happy Young Adults. I'm Tiffany Roten, owner of Direct Your Life Coaching. I'm a huge fan of young adults, a mother of five, four of which are young adults, a lover of everything outdoors, and a certified life coach. I'm here to give you tools to feel better, to be more confident, to feel less stress in your life, and to help you look to your future with confidence and excitement. Let me help you learn to become a happy young adult. Hey everybody, how's it going? How's your 2021 going so far this year? Are you as hopeful as I am that this pandemic will end and we can get back to life? You know, I say this truly and honestly, I feel like, you know, it's been hard, but I also feel like I've learned a lot and I've tried to focus on the things that I've learned. And I actually feel like I take a lot of things or I did take a lot of things for granted that I don't now. And I'm hoping that I can remember those things and not take those things that are really fun, like hanging out with friends or just going to the grocery store without a mask that I'll hopefully remember what a blessing it is to just be able to breathe, right? Without a mask on. (laughs) My kids keep saying we're going to have a mask burning party at the end of all this and just (laughs) be done with masks. So anyway, so today we're talking about improving our self-confidence. This is a question that I get so much from my young adult clients. Self-confidence is really something that feels good. And we love that feeling of being self-confident and looking confident and acting confident. We love to be around people that are confident. But I think so often it's something most of us struggle with and we find it really challenging to live in a world where we are totally bombarded with messages that we are not good enough as we are. So for this podcast today, I come to you as an absolute expert in the journey of self-confidence. Do you know how many books I have read and that I own on improving your self-confidence? It's really been a quest for me all of my life. And why? Because I have really severely lacked self-confidence in my life. And especially as a young adult, it was something I struggled with on the daily. So today I'm going to map out how we can gain more self-confidence and how self-confidence really can be a game changer in our lives. It totally was for me when I finally figured it out after years and years of all the books. So first of all, I kind of want to define what self-confidence is. And there's tons of definitions of what people would say self-confidence is, but I'm going to tell you what my definitions are, what I've kind of think about it. Self-confidence to me is kind of the opinions and the thoughts that I have about myself. It also includes for me trusting in myself 
it's also kind of the beliefs that I have about myself, which really those are a lots of thoughts that I have that are repeated over and over and over and then kind of become my belief system about myself. And then I also, one other thing is we all have really habitual habits. We have a habit of thinking of ourselves in certain ways. And we do that over and over and over again. And that really does become a reality. So what is it that is creating low self-confidence and what created low self-confidence for me? Well, first of all, it's finding all of the weaknesses and dwelling on all the mistakes and all the things that we don't like about ourselves. And it comes to a point that's really all we see and we don't, we, we focus so much on that. We can't even see the good. And I know that was true for me. It's kind of all those negative thoughts that run over and over and over in our heads every day. And we look at ourselves in the mirror. What are those things we're repeating to ourselves? What are those things we're saying about our bodies and about other things in other parts of our lives? It's also low confidence can come from trying to find our worth from outside sources, from what other people say or what they don't say or what the world is saying we should be or what we should like. And also how we perceive that people view us, how they look at us. That is never a good way to find confidence is looking outward. And then we feel like we have kind of this fear, fear of feeling rejection or humiliation or feeling embarrassed or feeling like a failure. We hate those emotions. We hate to feel that. And the reality is they're just emotions, but we really, really hate that. And so, um, you know, we don't always work at just being okay with that. We have to do everything we can not to feel those emotions, not to feel rejection. So I don't know how many of you have seen a movie. It came out several years ago. It was a movie called I Feel Pretty, and it was with Amy Schumer. And it's really about this woman, this girl, who struggles with feelings of insecurity and inadequacy, and she does it on a daily basis. And she wakes up in this movie. She falls while she's exercising, and she hits her head, and suddenly her whole belief changes and she believes she is the most beautiful and most capable person on the entire planet. It's quite hilarious, actually. Um, but with this new confidence that she gets when she hits her head, then she she feels this new sense of empowerment and to where she just lives her life fearlessly and does whatever she wants. And what happens to her over the course of the movie is this changes is her job changes and her confidence in getting jobs changes, her relationships change. And she starts to look at people like, of course, people think I'm gorgeous. Of course, all the guys like me, <laughs> her idea of herself and what she looks like when she looks in the mirror changes. And suddenly the, the funniest part is when she looks in the mirror and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm gorgeous. And so at the end, she realizes that nothing really changed, that her appearance really had never changed, 
What had changed for her is that the way she, that she looked about herself, that's all. None of the circumstance really changed. But because she had a belief in herself, then she went out and changed her life, her circumstances, all of it. But again, it, it, it really all started in her thinking. So there are six legendary skills that you can learn and get really good at that will create and build your self-confidence. And I'm here to tell you, I've tried them all. So I'm telling you that it works. This isn't just fluff that I found on the internet. So number one, you have to change your thoughts and beliefs to find all the positive things about yourself. So I know I talk a lot about whatever you focus on is what you will see. So <laughs> it's not that easy to just suddenly change your thoughts. It's not, it's not like you're going to go from, I hate myself to I love myself overnight. That's not how it works. It's kind of a process over time, but it starts with learning to see and find and catch the good in yourself and finding the qualities that you have and learning that it's really not about what you do, but about who you are. Are you kind? Are you loving? Are you funny? And once you start to focus on all the good and start to catch it and see it, your brain will naturally start to find it. And over time, it starts to change your beliefs about yourself and your thinking about yourself. And that totally was that way for me. Nothing changed in my life other than I started to train my brain to start seeing the good in myself. And that goes not only in who I am, but also um, in my body image. And my body image improved as I started finding the things that I liked. I love the color of my eyes. And I started focusing on those things. And over time, your brain will start to see those things. So that's number one. Number two is being willing to experience any emotion, any emotion. You remember when I was just saying that we're so afraid of rejection and humiliation, all those things. Well, what if you could just be embarrassed and be okay? Like what if you were just rejected and you could handle it? How many of us have had someone in our life that doesn't like us? Or maybe you had a guy reject you or a girl or you were left out, or you weren't invited. We experience when that happens, feelings of rejection, and it doesn't necessarily feel great, does it? But the problem really with those things is not the actual, you know, them telling you you're not invited to a party. The problem is, is that we make it mean something about us. Like, well, I must, there must be something wrong with me if I'm not being invited. There must be something wrong with me if that girl doesn't want to go out with me. But if we weren't afraid of feeling rejection and humiliation or all of those things, and we could just know those are part of human emotions that we sometimes feel, then we could go forward confidently and not really worry. Say, yeah, if they reject me, I can handle it. And I know there's people out there who do like me and value me. We have to remember that some people are going to love us and some are not. And that really doesn't define us at all. One of my favorite quotes that I love from one of my favorite life coaches, her name is Jody Moore. And she always says this, and I borrowed it from her because I love it so much. She's like, well, I'm just not for everyone. 
and she lets it go. And she said, I don't make it mean anything. If someone doesn't like me, I'm just not for her. Just not her people, not her person. And she doesn't make it mean anything. So guys, when you reach out to ask a girl out and she says no, you're like, well, I guess she's not for me then. And not make it mean, wow, I must be stupid and I must not, you know, there must be something wrong with me, right? So being willing to experience any emotion allows us to let go of the fear of feeling that and just being okay with whatever happens and knowing you're okay. So the third point that I want to make is looking at your potential and what you're capable of. And I know your parents have probably told you this. You have so much potential. There's so many great things out there for you. And it really is true, but sometimes it's cliche and we don't necessarily want to hear that from our parents, right? Well, you have to start opening up your mind to what you could do in your life. What could be possible? When your thoughts are really negative, then you don't really believe that you can do things in your life. Like I think in a former podcast, I said, I talked about college and how the belief as I went into college was, is that I'm not smart enough. And that belief held me back because it kept me from feeling confident in, in heading into school. At some point that belief started to change because I did see that I was passing my classes and I was making things happen and I was actually going to graduate. And, um, so even though we can't see what's ahead of us, really believing and putting that into our mind and even just allowing it to sit there is really the first key. We really can't achieve things if we don't believe it's even possible. Belief has to come first and then that helps us feel motivated or empowered or something, which is what is going to drive us to take those actions in our lives. So you don't necessarily have to believe that you're going to be the next big star in Hollywood unless you really want to. If you want to believe that, you have to entreat that belief and believe that it is possible. And what that does is drive emotion and then actions that point you in that direction, right? For me, when I started Life's Coach School, I believed not only that I could go, even though that wavered from time to time in school, but when I got out, I believed I could create a business that could help people. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't, I had no idea how to create a life coaching business, but I believed I could because I had the belief that it was possible that I could be a life coach and that I could help other people along their life journey. And because of that belief, I started doing the things. First of all, it made me feel motivated. And then second of all, I started taking the actions to create it. And pretty soon I'd made my own website and I'd started my own podcast and I'd started, um, you know, coaching clients and I just absolutely love it. But really the key is seeing that there is potential and that you're capable of it. All right. So number four is practicing the thought. It's possible that I'm hundred percent worthy. Okay. This one was super hard for me when I first started because I didn't believe it. I did I absolutely didn't believe it. And even when I said it to myself, I'm a hundred percent worthy. I didn't believe it. 
But what we do or don't do is not where our worth comes from. We are born worthy. We're born as these babies that everyone loves. And we don't, you know, when we fall and we're learning to walk, we don't say, you stupid. Why can't you walk? We, we, we look at these individuals and these people with its endless potential and they are worthy just as they are. There's nothing they do to create that worthiness. It's just who they are. I always do this exercise with my clients, but I always have a hundred dollar bill. And what I like to show them is I show them this beautiful, crisp hundred dollar bill. It's just absolutely crisp straight from the bank. And I ask them what the worth of it is. And they're always like, well, it's a hundred bucks. And I, and then we talk about, you know, what that hundred dollars can buy and it's worth, you know, how many, you know, sometimes it's how many meals at Taco Bell. I'm like, yeah, you could, you could buy a lot of meals and for others it's a date or some other thing, or maybe it's a new video game or, um, a new blouse or something, but a hundred dollars is worth a hundred dollars. Well, if I take that hundred dollar bill and I crinkle it up and I make it a mess and then I show them again, I'm like, so what is this hundred dollars worth? And they're like, well, it's still worth a hundred dollars. And that's true for all of us. It doesn't matter if we're crinkled up, if we're, you know, if we've made some mistakes, if we're, you know, not what we wish we could be that our worth is still a hundred bucks. We are still just as equally worthy, um, as we would be if, if we were just crisp and and clean and a hundred dollar bill straight from the bank. So I know probably for most of you, it's a stretch to believe that you're just a hundred percent awesome. But again, like I said before, the belief has to come first. You have to start to entreat it that it's maybe it's even possible that I am worthy, that I'm worthwhile, that my life has meaning, that there's great things about me. When you start to just try to believe those things over time and then start to try and find evidence, see, you know, I, I do this really well, or I'm kind to human beings, or I, I helped that young adult today who was really struggling. And now again, I can't, that that's not, it doesn't define my worth by what I do but it's those thoughts that I have about myself that I am making a difference. And that to me helps me feel worthy. Okay. Two more. Number five, knowing what others say about us is actually more about them and not about us. And I've talked about this before. I remember girls in high school who might, you know, might say something about what I was wearing and you have to remember what's really going on there. What is really going on? It's not about me and what I'm wearing. It's about this girl and either she's trying to make me look bad because she doesn't feel good about herself or maybe she's jealous that I got something new. So she's trying to make, you know, make me look better or whatever, but it's always about the other person. Or maybe I remember a girl who told me a certain guy was not that into me. And what I realized later was she was jealous because he wasn't into her and he would talk to me and not her. And so he was you know, she felt jealous about that. So she tried to pull me down by saying, well, he, he really isn't that into you. Even as an adult, I've, I've had people say things about me and because I now understand this in a really powerful way, I just smile and I say to myself, yeah, I wonder what's going on for them. 
I wonder why they're thinking that. I wonder why they need to do that in order to feel better about themselves. But I just smile. And what that does is allow me to love them just as they are, but it also allows um, me to not worry about it and to be able to define my own self instead of allowing them to define me because I know I'm okay. So I don't really need other people to tell me that I am. Does that make sense? So the last and final tip that I have for you is have your own back. When all is said and done, you are really the only one who can stand up for you. You have to believe in yourself because others are not generally going to do that for you. Now, your parents might, and maybe your siblings or some friends really believe in you. And I've had that. But at the end of the day, I have to believe in myself. And so instead of beating myself up, I can just look at myself with curiosity and compassion and not in a judgmental way that condemns myself. So when I make some mistakes or I say something I shouldn't or I do something I shouldn't, instead of being like, I'm so stupid, why do I do that? I'm so awful or what's wrong with me? I can look at myself and say, okay, what is going on with me today? What's going on here, Tiffany? What, what's the deal? Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're just having one of those days. And instead of condemning myself and telling myself all the stupid things about myself, just having compassion and be like, yeah, some days I, I do that. Some days I yell at my kids and darn, I wish I, I wouldn't do that. But sometimes I'm really tired and I don't know. It just, it just happens. And I can, I can appreciate that I'm human and that those things happen and at the same time, not condemn myself. But what that does is allow me to have my own back to see myself in a different light and to love myself regardless of what I do and to see the good in myself. I learned at a young, young age to compare myself. And when I did that, all I could do was find the bad. And my thinking about myself just went from good to bad to worse because I told myself that I wasn't pretty enough, skinny enough, smart enough, talented enough, fun enough. And I believed those things and they became my reality. And that became who I was. But as you know, and what I teach all of my clients is that we know that our thoughts create how we feel and how we feel determines how we act and how we act determines our life. So when my main thought was, I'm not good enough, it made me feel not good enough, like I was less. And then how did I act? Well, for me, it caused me to feel unworthy of people and unworthy of being successful at things. And no matter what I did, I believed that I wasn't good enough. And then I fed this belief for many, 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 many years. And it affected everything. It affected when I tried out for the girls' basketball team. I already believed I wasn't good enough before I started. And yep, you guessed it. I didn't make the team. Um, because I played with no confidence. That was the action. When the school dances would come, I would stand in the shadows. Why? Because I wasn't good enough to dance with. And when it came to boys, you know, coming up to me, I just shut them right down. I didn't even give them a chance because I wasn't good enough and don't, don't even bother with me. 
College was even tougher for me as I went out on my own. After 18 years of believing that I wasn't enough, I, I became that. And that affected my relationships and how I showed up and how I kind of did life as an 18-year-old and how I did college and how I did friendships and roommates and all of it. But I didn't understand that where my life would end up. And why do I even get vulnerable enough to tell you these things? Because I'm not that same person today. Something changed for me when I started to believe in myself and slowly my life started to change. And the main point of all of this is, is this, if we are focusing on doing the things that we, that we will, that we think will bring self-confidence, well, we'll have that for a second and then it's gone. That is because we're putting our confidence into what we do, what we look like, what others think of us, and that's not really lasting. So really then what is the key? The key all starts when we understand that it's really about the way we think. We choose to think. It's a choice. People can tell you all day long that you look good, but if you don't believe it yourself, it's not going to be long lasting. What others say has no bearing on who we are because they're coming from a different perspective. Their motivations are different. Their motives for what they say are different. And so really the game changer is when we're confident in ourselves, regardless of what others say or do. So I had this darling client. I have to tell you, she is, she's darling. She actually was one of my first clients and I love this girl. She is so awesome. I don't think she had any idea how awesome she was, but she was awesome. And I'll never forget when I asked her what she thought about herself and, and some of her answers were things like, well, I'm boring and I'm too short and I'm, I'm not really that physically fit and I don't think people really want to be my friend and people think I'm too young. Now, she was thinking that way. No amount of action is going to change things unless she first changes her thinking about it, right? She can't change her height not something you can change. I guess you could put on high heels, but that was a thinking problem. It was not a physical issue here. It was the way she chose to think about it. And so when we were able to start focusing on all the things that she did like about herself, and it took her a while because she had not practiced thinking anything good. You see how it kind of was her reality and how she was. Well, I hope this has been helpful. I just want to fast forward 30 years to where I am now from where I used to be, where I am today. I'm still working at self-confidence. It's not something I've mastered. But when I started to believe that I was worthy, that I was enough, that I was capable, and that I was unstoppable, what it did was it started me into this journey to go to life coach school. And then that belief um, helped me to build a successful life coaching business. And now my belief that I can help people helps me on the days that I wake up and think, what am I doing? I don't even know what I'm talking about, or no one's going to listen to me. 
And I have to remember and go, oh yeah, brain, I remember you like to think those things. I remember you've done that for a long, long time. And I have to go back to, but I know I can help people. I know that I can make a difference. I know that what I do is valuable, not because it's valuable to you, but because I value myself and what I think and what I say. So if no one else likes this podcast, I'm okay with it. I'm not for everybody. My podcast isn't for everybody, but I can go ahead and have my own back. I can choose to believe in myself. I can find evidence that I am capable and that this can make and will make a difference in someone's lives. Then I start finding evidence. I find evidence that I'm capable and that I'm driven and that I'm these qualities. That's who I am. It's not what I do. So over time, this has changed me from being a self-loathing person into a, a person who is working at loving herself and seeing the value that I have in the world. So I have an assignment and I know you just rolled your eyes. It's fine. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But I promise you that it will help you a little bit. And I did this years ago and it's something that I tell my clients a lot that we work on and we do to try and help. So I want you to make a list of all the reasons why I love me and I love who I am. I know at first this is hard. I, when I ask people most of the time, they they don't even know what to say. And oftentimes they think they're bragging, but if we love ourselves, it's okay to tell ourselves that we're great, isn't it? So the rule is here with this is that it can't be anything external. It can't be that, well, I play the piano. I play soccer. I, um, you know, what you do, my friends like me, I have lots of friends, all those things are external that you're looking at to determine who you are, but who we really are is more about qualities about inherently how we are and how we act. So when I did this list, I had to really look hard and it took me several days to do it because it was difficult for me to find. I'd practiced all the bad for so many years. I couldn't find any good. But I started really looking at myself and I realized I'm pretty genuine of a person. People tell me that, but I believe I'm genuine. I don't, I'm not a fake. I don't, I have a hard time even being fake. I just am who I am and that's who I am. I'm dependable. If you ask me to do something, I'll do it. And you can count on me. And I love that about myself. I'm unselfish. And I can't say that I've always been unselfish, but over time through, you know, marriage and parenting and children and all the things that I've done in my life, I have learned to become pretty unselfish. Another quality that I love about myself is that I am hardworking. And that is something I learned. My dad, my dad taught me that quality. And then as I grew older, I have continued to find satisfaction in working hard and getting dirty and seeing a good job done right. And that makes me feel happy. And I've learned how to work hard and I'm not afraid of it. Now, some of you might say, she's just bragging here. But actually, I have learned to acknowledge the qualities that I inherently have and have learned to appreciate that about myself 
without necessarily bragging. I'm just telling you today to give you examples of ways in which you can find great qualities in yourself that you can learn to love and appreciate about yourself. So I want you to make as big of a list as you can and see how many qualities that you can come up with that are something you are instead of something you do. And then I want you to take a look at it every day, hang it somewhere where you can see it and remind yourself every day who you really are and not just what you do. This is really a powerful activity and it can really help to transform you. So does it really work? Do these tips that I have for you really work? Yes, they do. And I am living proof. Do I have perfect self-confidence? No way. Am I constantly becoming aware of how I talk to myself? Yes. And little by little, I'm starting to change the way I think and that I talk to myself and what's going on in my head. And I'm starting to think more positively And then my brain is going out and finding lots of evidence for things in myself that are positive. And what I find is that my life is better. My relationships are more improved. My business, even when I get a hold of it and have more confidence in that, it becomes better. And then I'm focusing on all that I am and not on all that I am not. So if you need some help with any of this, you can go to directyourlifecoaching.com and contact me and I'd love to work with you and help you figure this out for yourself. I want you to feel good about yourself and I want you to watch what happens when you do this. You watch your whole life change before your eyes. It's possible, you know. Let's do this. Until next time, gang. We'll see ya. Bye. Are you in need of a life coach? Everyone needs someone to talk to, someone who doesn't judge you, someone who is safe and listens to understand. What if that someone was me? If you want to find confidence, a new outlook, a new different way to look at your life, come, please let me help you. I coach one-on-one over video conferencing or I do group coaching. We can work on whatever struggles you are facing in your life right now. Go to directyourlifecoaching.com. But just a warning, you will never be the same again.